Forward, a Fiserv podcast, features conversations with the people moving financial services and commerce forward. Here's your host, Jason Hendricks with Fintech Forge. Digital transformation is a phrase often used in fintech, but often without a genuine discussion about what it really means, the implications for business models, operating models, and organizations, and the people within them. Digital isn't a channel, it's part of every solution. On this episode of the Fiserv Forward podcast, Whitney Stewart-Russell, president of Digital Solutions at Fiserv, talks about transformation over digitization and the organizational changes necessary to support this, including the importance of diversity and inclusion. Whitney also shared more of her personal journey and how she empowers others to break glass ceilings. The pandemic gets a lot of credit for accelerating and really transforming a lot of digital and the way banks approach it. In reality, though, this is really just pulling forward a lot of long-term trends and how behaviors were changing both for consumers and for businesses. Whitney, I wonder if, you know, you've been on the client side of this. You've obviously within Fiserv, this is your job is to monitor and manage. Where do you see these long-term trends going? I think you're absolutely right that this is a lot of financial institutions just pulling forward things that might have happened five years from now. I think we saw that in the most pronounced way around originations and sales in the channel, uh, where that used to be something that you know you could wait a year or two to get perfect. But with a pandemic, you had to get great overnight at really being able to acquire and cross-sell to clients in the space. So we saw that as the most pronounced acceleration and the most pronounced demand, if you will, in the channel. But I think there are lots of different things that are causing financial institutions to think differently about digital and the experience that they're delivering to their customers or members of their credit unions. And I think uh, one of the most interesting things that I think we're seeing is really financial institutions trying to get really smart about how do they use data to build relationships in this channel, which probably would have been, you know, something that was unthinkable even 18 months ago, if not, um, you know, a year ago, but really trying to devise uh, ways to provide depth of advice and guidance and really provide value in a way that ups the trust level with financial institutions so that they can add depth to the relationships, products to the relationships. So I think that's probably the most interesting piece of acceleration that I think might have taken us five, 10 years to truly get to a place where this channel becomes an advisory and relationship builder like it is uh, forming up to do today. Well, and so we've pulled this for these agendas forward. You know, we've left five years into the future. We can't just rest on our laurels. What do banks, when they you know, think about digital and the digital channel and where that fits into the spectrum of what they do, what's next for you know the things that they need to be worrying about now that they have unstuck themselves to uh, get into the future? You know, I think a big part of what's next is just how do you uh, – merge the digital channel with other channels you plan to serve customers in. So how does the digital channel and the call center come together? How do you use digital to expand 
you know, how you're serving customers, where you're serving customers, it's really leveled the playing field. Uh, when I was a banker, you know, it used to always be, um, you know, which branch was the most attractive from a acquisition perspective. Like that's how consumers picked financial institutions is, was there a branch near me? Was there a branch that's convenient? And that's just, you know, something that's not even relevant for the for the large extent anymore. So really thinking about, you know, where you find consumers uh, and small businesses and how you serve them across different channels that you now have. Branch will continue to be important for some segments of customers, but I think digital and call center have started to be habits. And from all of our research, those habits will stick um, even when things open up and there's not the the pressure to do things uh, virtually or remotely. So I think finding that right balance and finding how you have an equitable experience across those channels and where you still have uh, teammates or people involved, you know, how do you make them really successful in interacting with your customers and members in a virtual way? And how do you pull all those experiences together? So I think we're gonna see lots of focus on how the channels uh, start and stop, how you can start an experience in one channel and pick up somewhere else. Um, I think we're gonna see a lot of challenge in doing that successfully, but it's going to be the key to success as we continue to evolve. Consumers will always want uh, some human element, right? Some human yep. element of the experience and getting great at doing that digitally kind of always needs to be backed up. Um, we know from lessons learned over many years of serving and evaluating how consumers interact on financial experiences, that they always kind of need a human safety net, if you will, even if you have awesome experiences. So pulling all those things together and crafting how they fit together and how you train uh, people and technologies to serve customers seamlessly is going to be key as we continue to evolve the experience. Now, one of the rapidly growing and most revolutionary channels is the invisible channel, the realm of embedded finance that everyone is beginning to think about. Maybe as a starting point, because a lot of people listening might not really be thinking about embedded finance, would love, you know, first for you to define it in your terms and how you think of what the, the future of embedded finance is. And what's your perspective on how banks need to be thinking about embedded finance? So I think about uh, embedded finance as kind of this idea of having uh, a micro advisor, if you will, in every experience um, and being able to really be smart for consumers across experiences, whether that's how they're making budget decisions or how they're making decisions about how they manage their portfolio, whether they're a millionaire or uh, someone that's just starting or struggling and juggling and being able to use data to select, you know, really awesome experiences that you can drive advice into um, across a spectrum of, of needs. So I think this idea of taking data and technology and payment tools and creating micro experiences that really are advisory and help a customer or a member evolve their financial uh, maturity or planning is really going to be uh, game changing across a wide spectrum and I think do a lot of good for consumers in terms of how they think about 
managing their financial lives in a way that's not heavy or intimidating. And I think we have a ton of data at our fingertips in this industry and some really amazing emerging tools that are predictive and data-driven that can really evolve the experience in a way that will be very meaningful and very different than the kind of transactional experience that consumers are used to digitally. Yeah, that's a that tr- move away from the transactional and that idea of a micro embedded experience is kind of the antithesis of going to the branch to get a loan or a mortgage or open an account that you know, historically involved that big stack of papers and it was a big, you know, big long event, but it was still just a transaction. And I think that speaks to, you know, the approach Fiserv is taking and even creating your role and being the president of digital channels be really helpful, I think, for a lot of us to understand, you know, talk about this group that you're leading and the mission. So I just am so lucky every day to get up and uh, come to work and think about this because we have a team that's just really motivated to figure out how to make the financial lives of consumers and small businesses better. So my team um, is a, a dedicated set of folks that are working on solutions that we call channel solutions. So whether that's online banking or mobile banking solutions for our clients, but also kind of all the surrounds that go around with that experience, whether it's origination tools to open a new checking account or apply for a new loan um, or uh, get new service channels available, whether that's, can I spend money on dinner tonight or I have a problem with this uh, transaction on my statement? Can you help me understand what it is or how it impacts my budget? If you think about everything consumers are trying to do digitally relative to their finances today, my team has kind of uh, fingers in all of that. And we really are focused on, you know, how do we make that better for the consumer? How do we take steps out of the process, make it easy for them? How do we get ahead of the things that they need to make decisions in their life every day and be anticipatory of those experiences versus, you know, kind of just a, a simple service channel. So we're really trying to evolve the tool set available for consumers and for our financial institutions to make really awesome experiences for their customers. At the end of the day, we want digital to be the place that the consumer goes first because it's the most robust and rich and gets them what they need quickly. Well, and it's interesting, you know, you call out that digital isn't just one thing, like a separate channel that it has to have its finger in kind of every one of the pots to be powerful. How do you think banks should be thinking about organizing themselves in that regard? Because a lot of times you find digital is a silo kind of unto itself. You got the retail experience, I've got the call center experience, and I've got my digital experience. How should the bank be thinking about that? You know, I really love what I'm starting to see um, in a pretty consistent manner across the board is the kind of election or selection of chief experience officers at financial institutions. Um, I love that trend, and I think it's the right way to think about what's the experience for your customers, our members across the board, and to really start with... um, to use an old Clayton Christensen term, you know, the jobs the consumers are trying to get done, um, mm-hmm. you know, and where are they trying to get those jobs done and making sure that you're focused on the experience um, no matter what the channel, right? So whether it's, you know, they call the call center, are they 
open their phone and look at uh, mobile banking, we really need to think about the experience and the journey the consumer is on, if you will, um, versus the transaction, which I think is legacy thinking. So I love the idea of this chief experience officer role and that being a broad mandate to look at experiences across channels, across products, across roles. I think that has real legs and will get the organizations focused on what's important for their customers. Now, March does kick off Women's History Month, and you just brought up this idea of kind of breadth. And recently, the Alloy Labs Alliance, we completed a survey with our members. We had had this realization that our banks, the nearly 50 banks in this consortium, over-index on having women executives. And part of what we were teasing out in this study was the organizations and the women leading them tended to have very broad experiences, right? In terms of they had moved around within the bank and you've done that within your own career, which I'd love for you to comment on. But contrasting that, when we also dug into it, seniority was often driven by specialization. And I'm curious from your perspective, being you know a, a woman leader within the industry that let's just call it out is white male, straight male dominated historically for the longest time. And it, it, the industry itself is transforming. What's your perspective on this idea of breadth versus depth in a single area? And maybe you can take us through a little bit of your career from deluxe sales specialist, you know, to president of digital channels. Yeah, it's interesting. When I first started in this space um, at Deluxe many years ago, um, I was actually in a sales role and I was one of three women on a 500 person sales team. And I didn't actually realize it till I showed up at the first uh, sales meeting and I was like, holy cow, there's something different here. Um, but it was uh, very interesting. And I always just loved payments in my career. Right. And to your point about specialization, I just was such a geek about payments and I wanted to know how they worked. I wanted to know about the opportunities that they created for consumers and businesses to kind of do things better and do things in a more revolutionary way. So I got really deep on payments and I just wanted to know everything I could about payments. And I think that just opened my eyes to all the pieces of the um, world that have to work for payments to be successful and seamless and for ultimately us not to really think about them. And a big part of that is, you know, how do they show up digitally? How are they available? And I think that gave me just great footing for, you know, expanding uh, my horizons personally and, you know, getting experience in lots of different channels. Um, I'm grateful to have a career where I got chances to to, to add breadth to my career. So not only was I a payments geek, but I had great leaders that said, hey, let's get you experience across channels that payments show up in like call centers. So I went and ran a call center for a couple of months and I got into the details of how payments settle. And I just got a, a really good chance along the way with some good leaders to add breadth to my area of uh, specialty. And I think it helps me day in and day out as I think about my job now and really helping our organization lead how we transform experiences digitally because at the end of the day for financial institutions at the heart of most experiences is probably a payment so being able to kind of build up to this um, place in my career where I can use both my specialty and the experiences along the way that added breath um, have been very valuable to me and I think are valuable to others as I look to mentor um, professionals young in their career 
that's one of the things I always challenge them. I said, you know, don't look for that next job, but look for that next experience. And that'll be way more valuable to you down the road than kind of, um, you know, I had this job or this role, you know, what experiences have you had to add breadth and expertise in your space? What advice would you give for those trying to structurally break down some of these glass ceilings, you know, for men and women alike and not just gender ceilings, but as we really look at building more inclusive organizations, you know, you've obviously been able, you know, to climb through that and you're working to create channels that do that both internally and externally. What advice would you give? You know, I think I'd give advice both to people starting out in their career as well as leaders that are, uh, you know, mature in their careers. Uh, I'll start on the leader side. And I think, you know, you need to look for bright people that are doing great things and give them opportunities. And I think Mm. that oftentimes uh, when you look for really bright people and things that are doing, things that people are doing that are creative, it's generally anchored in some point of diversity in their life, whether diversity of experience or background or what you have. And I think if you find those people and nurture them, they'll just get to be rock stars on your team. They add tons of value. Diversity of thought is always good. You end up in better decisions. So that's you know really important. And I think today we all as leaders have to look for people to give that next opportunity to. And I think that's super important. And then on the flip side, I think if I was just starting out and, you know, worried about glass ceilings or could I get where I want to go from a career perspective, I'd say just try to be great. Try to be really expert in your field. Uh, Seek knowledge, seek learning opportunities, and that will always pay off. I think if you show up every day and you're learning something every day, that's not only exciting and satisfying, but it's adding value to how you contribute to your organization and ultimately to the industry. And I think that will always pay off for you. Well, thanks for joining us, Whitney, and sharing your vision of both digital partnerships, the digital transformation that needs to take place, but also how organizations and people themselves are changing. And all of this under the guise of we're really driving to how do we create better experiences for our customers, for our members, for our corporate clients. And really excited to see what Fiserv and the digital uh, channels team is bringing to bear there. Thank you for joining us. Look for future episodes of Forward at Fiserv.com forward and soon on major podcasting platforms.